When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sounds and the Consequence Podcast Network. I want to say hi to all the subscribers. Thank you for checking out the series, all the episodes that we release every week, new ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. A lot to keep up with. I always appreciate it if you haven't given the series a rating, uh, left a review, or just a, a high hello in the comment box or something you liked about the interview, because it always helps. It always helps with these series. And if you're not a subscriber, hit that subscribe button right now. If you're into podcasts, if you like interviews, if you want to keep up with all of your favorite artists and what they're up to, this is a fantastic way to do it, and we deliver it straight to your favorite preferred listening device. Just type in Kyle Meredith with. And that's me. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today I'm going to be talking with David Yazbek. If you're a Broadway fan, you're going to know his name. He's been a part of a whole lot of shows, starting with The Full Monty in the early 2000s, currently with Tootsie on Broadway, and what he's working on, Princess Bride. Now we're going to talk about those as well. 
But the main point of topic is the band's visit. Now, you may remember the 2007 comedy drama, which was eventually made into a musical, which David Yazbek was behind that adaptation, uh, as far as the music goes anyway. And that is currently on tour. So we're going to be talking about, you know, what it's like to take a musical adaptation from a film and how the story not only is a timeless story, but is still extremely relevant in today's sociopolitical environment. David's going to tell us about... uh, uh, writing in uh, basically what's an Arabic musical as an American. But his family has so many different nationalities in it that it wasn't really a stretch. And he'll tell you, growing up in New York, there's also that culture that's everywhere. And that sort of all makes its way into this. Now, David's own personal history is a professional history, I should say. Goes well beyond Broadway, though. Uh, getting his start in the 80s, uh, writing for David Letterman, he would go on. Yes, he is the man who helped write Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, the theme song, which I got to tell you is a very big deal to me. He's a guy that's worked from with everybody from Space Hog to Tito Puente and XTC. In fact, we'll take a little moment to talk about uh, Andy Partridge of XTC's latest project with Robin Hitchcock called Planet England. And then, yeah, we're going to hear about what he's got on the way. I mentioned Princess Bride. He is adapting it for a musical. We're talking about one of the greatest movies of all time. So we'll get a little bit of the details on that one as well. Let's jump into this. Uh, talking about the band's visit, it's Kyle Meredith with David Yazbek. Oh, hi. This is David Yazbek. Let's let's talk about it. Uh, the band's visit. It's going to be in Louisville December 3rd through the 8th at the Kentucky Center for the Arts. You have a lot going on, it seems, always. And I want to talk about uh, some of the other things as well as your past. But but we'll start with uh, with this right here with the band's visit. You wrote the musical adaptation from the film, right? Yeah, the film is about 12 years old now, maybe 13, 14, 15 years old. And uh, it was an incredibly beautiful and strong piece of work. And uh, we tried to adapt it. Our musical, I mean, the, sh- the film is not a musical, really, even though there's musical music in it. We tried to adapt it and make a musical that was as unique and hopefully as beautiful as the film and that had the same sort of unique tone to it. Now, a movie about a band would seem to lend an obvious helping hand. <laughs> Were there any obstacles yeah. that, that, that would be surprising uh, with that kind of idea? There's always obstacles when you're, when you're doing any, anything. You know, like the, the biggest challenge, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say an obstacle, is just there are several questions. One is how do you deliver the, that type of music? It's, it's a very um, – there's a lot of Arabic kind of music in it, a lot of Middle Eastern stuff in it. How do you deliver that kind of music to a Broadway audience in a way that they'll immediately get into? And it turns out that wasn't as hard as it seemed. <laughs> it's very exciting music, and it's really interesting, and it's much more universal than um, I thought originally. Another challenge is just how do you deliver the story that's so deep and yet subtle? It's not you don't have chorus kicks and you know you don't have jazz hands. How do you deliver emotions uh, that are strong and yet subtle in a, a, a form that's, you know, pretty much usually the jazz hands thing? Right. <laughs> that was another. I'm trying to imagine the jazz hands for a story like this. I mean, we, we should probably, uh, you know, kind of give a brief on the story, too. The band is, a mus- is, a, is like a, a classical Egyptian, uh, it's a police orchestra, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a, it, it's technically part of the police force, but it's so they wear these sort of uniforms, but it's just a bunch of great musicians from Egypt playing that kind of music. And they travel to Israel for a cultural uh, exchange kind of thing, but they end up in the wrong in the wrong town. They end up in a little town 
a little village almost instead of a city where there's where they're supposed to give the concert. So they have to stay overnight. And it's about how these two kind of tribes, the Egyptians and the Israelis in this little town, kind of come together and connect and dissolve what at first seem like barriers and differences. Now, and I, you know, I don't know the exact uh, current socio-political details between the two countries, right there. But it does seem like this, probably timely at any point in our history. But the, I don't know. Do you find that it does speak to you know everything that we're of course seeing right now in in our own backyards? I mean, is this something that kind of lends itself to that kind of conversation? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, this show this show won won ten Tony Awards, and to the surprise of all of us, you know, like it was so universally beloved. And I think the reason for that is that it has a universal theme. So you could, instead of the titles, the monikers, Egyptians and and Jews, you know, or Arabs and Jews, you could translate that into any two seemingly polarized groups, kind of like West Side Story, you know. Mm -hmm. So you can relate to this idea that underneath all these man-made barriers and uh, borders and walls are, are just human beings. And that and everyone relates to that. Everyone, you know, that's that's what I found that that audiences related to that immediately and deeply. Keeping up with you online, I mean, you and I are alike politically, as far as I can judge, anyway, uh, from the broad strokes. Um, you know, and 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 I talk to a lot of artists. Artists tend to write what they're surrounded by. With what we're doing right now, and, and I guess maybe this goes beyond the band's visit, maybe even to what you're doing currently. Do you find that that type of th- those topics make it into something that you are assigned to? You know, we're watching the news and everything. So inadvertently, whether you mean to or not, you're you're writing about that type of stuff. You know, we are writing political songs, whatever oh, it is. Do you find that that stuff seeps in in that way as well? Oh, yeah, I, it, definitely. But, yeah, there's a big difference when I'm writing songs to perform myself or to make or to record as a singer songwriter. I can do anything I want and <laughs> say anything I want and I can decide how metaphorical something is or how on the money it is or how satirical it is or whatever. When you're writing a show, a musical, or I guess also like if you're writing songs for a, a movie or something. Yeah. I guess if you want to use the word assignment, then you're serving the piece. You're always serving the piece. So unless you're writing a political piece that's specifically about whatever your issues are, you have to serve the story and the characters. I tend to be drawn to stories and characters that interest me on a deeper level, even if it's a a full-out comedy. For instance, Tootsie is about someone who wants something so badly and knows that he deserves it, but he's also an asshole and a perfectionist and ends up getting what he wants, he thinks, by being somebody else. You know, like, it, it becomes this story that I can relate to from little pieces of my own and other people's lives. And that seeps in. With the band's visit, I have always been a fan of Sufi poetry and philosophy and Buddhist uh, philosophy. And uh, even, you know, I know a lot about the Bible and Christianity. And I also come from a Jewish side of my family and have an acquaintance with a lot of that side of philosophy and religion. So the movie holds the source material, the movie holds all of this kind of almost religious import inside it, even though the filmmaker, who I know really well, is he's, he's Jewish, but he's not actively religious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's there. It's there. Anytime you have 
human beings interacting on a deep level, you're, you're, for me, you're right into God, basically. And writing, I, I approached my job as a lyricist and a musician in this as something that touched on the sacred a lot of the time, even though there's funny songs and even though there's exciting numbers. And it always felt to me writing the show that there was something going on that was so connective and so plunged down into the kind of universality of things that it felt almost like a religious or at least a philosophical journey to some extent. And I, I think people plug into that. I mean, we just won <laughs> the, 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 my, my book writer and my producer and me, we just won this award, humanitarian award that's given by the, this uh, organization that helps at-risk Israeli youth. So that's an Israeli award. And then I just got this, this Lebanese award <laughs> for, um, for the, us, a very similar thing. And I just think it's just really interesting. Like these people plug into it in that way. A lot of people leave and they say, holy shit, that was something I've never seen anything like that and don't and can't put it into words. And I think that's what they're feeling is something that borders on spiritual. You, you may have answered, you know, kind of this next question within you, what you were talking about there with all of your different backgrounds. But, you know, even on the musical side, like styles is usually an issue for, for songwriters. You know, a lot of songwriters more or less find a lane with slight variations. You don't seem to have that issue. I mean, when you were talking about going into this, it would sound challenging, but it really wasn't in that way. Like, how is it that you're able to kind of traverse so many different genres and styles with seemingly ease? Oh, well, it's not always easy, um, but but sometimes it is. I mean, I've lived long enough now, and I've, I've been really sort of actively musically curious all my life. So, you know, when you go through these phases, if you're a musician or if you're just really interested in music, like friends of mine who collect records, you know, like, or owned record stores or critics or uh, my type of composers or musicians, you know, instrumentalists. If you, if you just have this hungry ear from a very early age, you end up falling down different rabbit holes to varying degrees. So, you know, you first, when you first hear Captain Beefheart or XTC or something like that, mm -hmm. you become, maybe you become such a super fan that you just go through an intense phase and then for the rest of your life you revisit it or with you know maybe just you know bebop or you know russian or georgian choral choral music you know there's so there's all kinds of music all over the world and really from i i grew up in new york city where i heard little you know afro-cuban percussion trios and quartets in the park just playing or you know spanish music I, my building had a lot of musicians in it, so I, I could hear opera or someone taking a voice lesson, learning a Burt Bacharach song, or these, this little dance, these, these two mar this married couple that was a little dance ensemble, and they'd, they'd play different kinds of raga, Indian stuff, but also Spanish stuff. So you don't even know what it is at first. Then you take the dive. I play a lot of instruments because when I, got in, when I get, see something that's interesting to me, I, I try to learn it. You know, and it, it just comes to a point where I've really listened to 
Arabic, what they call Oriental music, which is basically Arabic classical music, since I was a kid, not because I lived in an Arabic country or because my parents listened to it, but because I heard it when, when visiting uh, Lebanon, I heard it and wondered what it was and got interested in it and kept being interested in it. So this stuff gets into your skin. And if it isn't, if it isn't a style or a type of music that you play or listen to a lot, if you have enough of that already under this, under your hood, music is all related somehow. Some, it's kind of like genetics, like 23andMe. There's some sort of diaspora going on. Um, and there's always some, there's always a common at the root of it. There's always something that everybody has in common. So if you listen to Chinese opera, it may not, it may just completely leave you cold. But if you go down, down, down into the roots, into the music, the folk music that's played in villages in rural China, all of a sudden you're hearing something that sounds an awful lot like blues, mm. which is a pentatonic scales stuff that you would recognize that you would sort of relate to in an, a context, you know, like a Northern African or West African context stuff you'd relate to if you were just listening to old Delta blues. So anyway, it's obviously I'm very interested in that, but that's the intellectual part of it. Really what matters is the, you know, the soul of yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I'll I'll sidebar for a second too because you mentioned XTC and I, I know you've got some history with Andy. H- have you heard the uh, Planet England EP with him and Robin Hitchcock? I heard one song and I I just thought it was great. I I I've been waiting to listen until I felt like I had a, a clear couple of hours just to right. dive in. I mean, anything he does has to be taken really seriously and listened to. You know. It's so good. I mean, it, it's like it's like the greatest deep Beatles references strung out over new music. Yeah. I mean, it's such a weird thing, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) I'm so, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear him putting out some stuff again. Yeah. Uh, and and, you know, we'll kind of end with, uh, with beyond the band's visit, uh, Tootsie is going on. I know it's kind of uh, finishing its run. I hear you're also working on the princess bride. Yeah. We just had a reading. It's very good. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's really funny, and it's really a good adaptation, and I think we're in good shape with it. And it, it is, is it kind of yeah. similar uh, you know, to what you've done with the band's visit? I mean, obviously you're taking you know, something from the film and kind of making it into the musical form. Well, you know, I looked back at all my shows. Like I have, I've had five Broadway shows, and I'm writing another one, Princess Bride, and those are, they're all based on movies. Mm-hmm. So... It's just how it happened. It wasn't on purpose. And really, always the question is, how do you do the best possible version for this new medium, you know, this different medium than the, than the original? And you, you have to go with what's best for what you're writing. So if you just sort of follow your heart and if you're sort of be, be your own audience member, you know, if you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like don't, don't worry about what an audience expects or, you know, oh, that line, that there's so many iconic lines in a in a movie like Princess Bride. You you can't just jam them in there, <laughs> you know. You can't just use them because they're iconic lines. So sometimes you change it up a little bit. Sometimes you surprise people with them. Sometimes you have to consolidate characters. There's all kinds of stuff that you have to do when you're adapting, and uh, it's no different with the Princess Bride. I think I think people are gonna really really love it. 
that's my that's my guess. Uh, I cannot wait to see that. And uh, I, while I haven't seen Tootsie, I have listened to the uh, you know to, to the uh, the soundtrack, the cast recording. Jeff sums it up as one of my favorite songs I've heard recently. The whole thing. Uh, that was thank great. you. Yeah, thank you. That's well, my favorite song in the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Thanks. Uh, David, it has yeah. been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And again, I'll mention the band's visit December 3rd through the 8th at the Kentucky Center for the Arts here in Louisville. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. Hey, thank you very much. All right, man. Take care. See ya. Bye. Huge thanks. David Yesbick. the band's visit currently on tour now. And thanks to you for checking out the episode. Again, if you're uh, not already a subscriber, take this moment. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast from, that includes iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Podchaser, Stitcher, all of those places. Just type in Kyle Meredith with and subscribe. If you're already with us and you haven't given the series a rating or left a review or just a comment in the comment box, uh, do that as well. It always helps. And after that, head to WFPK.org where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of uh, song premieres, of music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, that's wfpk.org. Consequence of Sound, they've got your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith, and that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.